I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. I'm your host, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian and I'm ignorant and I'm usually asking questions today. I'm just posing some thoughts, sharing some information I've learned uh, from the World Wide Web and other resources, aka people who have given me advice, etc., etc. Uh, apologies if you can hear the washing machine and dishwasher in the background. I recorded a full hour episode about triggering, which is our topic, uh, yesterday, and then it just disappeared from the SD card, which honestly was extremely triggering. Uh, if you're new to the episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. I meant podcast, but if you're new to this episode, congratulations. So is everybody else, because it's a new episode. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review me on iTunes. Leave a cool review. I'll post you in my Instagram story. I love them. They make me feel good, but more importantly, they help with the algorithm. So this podcast pops up a little easier when people go searching and more people can learn the answers to their ignorant questions about uh, people of different walks of life or professions or, in this case, psychology. Uh, shout out to my best idiots forever, Dustin, Jean, and Kathy from Patreon. I just got my custom subscription boxes. I'm so excited. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, the top tier of my Patreon, well, the top tier is if you give me $15,000, I'll get a tattoo, not 15000 60000 of whatever you want because um, it'll pay off my student loans. But my actual top tier that I, you know, that one's obviously sort of a joke, but if anyone's listening and just has a fat stack of cash that they want to throw out my student loans... I'll get your face tattooed across my back or whatever you want. Um, anyway, the tier below that, my highest, uh, best idiots forever tier, um, we're doing quarterly subscription boxes. So you get a cool survey once you join that I send you to kind of fill out what you like. And then I customize these boxes with one piece of merch and just other fun stuff that you like. Maybe merch of a band you like or um, snacks you like. Uh, some self-care uh, scented candles or essential oils. Um, it's sort of a, you know, a box of self-care slash self-love. Uh, I did my best uh, type of thing. So there's other levels. You can get postcards from me on the mail or in the mail. You can get free tickets to shows when I come to your city. You can gift those tickets to other people. So if you're interested in that, you want to support the podcast, which helps me... Uh, Continue to not sell out to products who want to pay me money to advertise garbage. On this podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. All one word, no hashtag in there. Um, and I am gearing up to send out the postcards on Monday because I just realized it's Friday and I am failing. But to be fair, this was the hour I was going to send postcards out. And instead, I'm re-recording this episode because the universe is conspiring against all podcasts because they're tired of them. Um, I got shows coming up, jmscomedy.com for, show, er, for shows. You can do that slash shows to get directly to the site. I'm all over LA. I always post those uh, or try to. And then I'm doing a winter tour with uh, 
former guest of the show, Buddy Hutton. Um, he'll be opening for me in a bunch of cities, Raleigh, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Portland, Maine, which is fun. Never been there. They're all fun. I'm excited. So head over to the website, get your tickets, come say hi. Like nothing is more exciting to me than when an audience member comes up and they're like, oh my God, I listened to your podcast. Cause it just reiterates like, oh, okay. I'm not speaking into a void because it can feel like that sometimes, even though I can see the numbers, which I don't like to look at because then I become obsessed with them. And then, and I'm like, I have to have more and more and more. It has to keep growing like some sort of weird billionaire warlock. Uh, but yeah, come to a show, make a drive. Maybe we could, maybe we'll figure out like one of the places we can do like an East coast meetup. What are like New York city? What do you guys think? December 13th, the day after the New York city show, maybe we can all gather in a, a New York city lunch establishment. I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out. Uh, grab some, some pie. Oh God. Pie. I'm eating a bowl of leftover curry that my roommate made and I know I should be eating more food like this but mostly I'm begrudgingly just trying to keep it from going bad because he's out of town mm. why did I take a bite of this it was a bad idea hang on okay let's get right into it triggering because I recorded a full hour yesterday and I'm gonna have to keep this one a little shorter because I'm on time constraints but a lot of people have triggers probably most people have at least something that's a trigger and um it's overused on Twitter. I think we can all agree on that. Or not even just Twitter, the internet. I'm triggered. It's this like joke that people have made about millennials because they're so sensitive. And I'm sensitive. I'm a very sensitive soul. But I think uh, we very much live in a culture where some people have seen an opportunity to make uh, being offended their identity. And so they just latch on to being triggered. And I'm saying that like with all the sympathy in the world of people just wanting to find somewhere where they belong. But, like, there are people who just get on Twitter and search keywords so that they can try to cancel people. That's a real thing. Because they've responded to some of my tweets. And I'm like, you've never followed me. No one you know retweeted me into your timeline. You were looking for something that said the word rape. Um, which, sorry, I didn't give a trigger warning for the word rape. It's also, like, I want to be very clear. Triggers are very, they're very real reactions. They may be, like, a false response, sort of an alarm going up that doesn't need to. You know, it can be, like, a word or a phrase or even a scent that is reminding you of something else. But your triggers are your body trying to warn you about something and it's not anyone else's problem to deal with your triggers. If you find someone who loves you and is close to you and is willing to be an advocate to like help you, you know, avoid those triggers or be more prepared for when they come up. Or if you love someone who has triggers and that's a thing you're trying to do, we're going to touch on that. Not to trigger anyone, uh, but, but it's not the, the world isn't supposed to walk on eggshells because you might be reminded of something. You need to learn how to address your triggers. You need to learn how to handle it when you feel like you're going to walk into something or what to do when you feel fully triggered, which is why I decided to record this episode because I kind of went from zero to 100 a couple weeks ago and um, with a thing that I wasn't expecting to trigger me, which is usually, that's a big thing that it can often be worse or they can happen because you're not prepared. You know, if you go into a situation knowing there's going to be some things that might be triggers of yours, you know, I'm going to watch a scary movie and I get triggered by, you know, uh, or, or some type of, you know, dramatic lifetime or suspense from where there might be like domestic violence or, you know, sexual assault. Um, being, being ready for that to be a thing can actually make a huge difference. So sometimes you get blindsided. Um, and there are people who don't really have PTSD 
uh, or, or huge triggers. You know, if you grew up and you didn't have a lot of trauma, maybe, uh, you don't have a ton of emotional triggers. So it can be confusing for those people. So, you know, when you see someone else react to something and you're not really sure what's happening, what to do, that was the case for me when I was in Joker and got really triggered very early into the movie. And my boyfriend, who is a sweet angel and um, just pretty happy, positive guy, hasn't had a lot of like, you know, hasn't had any like intense trauma in his life, uh, was a little overwhelmed. I mean, I literally was like, oh, great. Now I'm his trauma because I had a panic attack, which, by the way, piles on. Now, he, he didn't say anything like that. He wouldn't. He never. I don't even think I was trauma for him. I think we've taken a deep breath and moved on. And we've discussed this, but like the guilt you feel on top of the trigger so bad just like so you're like oh I feel crazy now because I'm panicking and this person whose opinion of me I value is now seeing me panic over something that they don't understand why it would be a panicking thing which there's a lot of tips for helping people uh you know if if you love someone who who is triggered and like what what you could maybe do but um not making them feel guilty is a huge huge one it's huge like not not being judgmental. Don't be judgmental. Uh, that's a huge one. Other things you can do um, is uh, for me like distraction or comfort. But uh, a big thing that helps me is breath, and I think that's like the number one thing that psychologists recommend um, is just coming back to reality, kind of trying to center yourself. And, and just be aware of your body. Because when you get really triggered, it can feel like out of body. You can feel like your emotions are so overwhelming. You can't control it. Uh, it just feels, um, yeah, extremely overwhelming at times. Uh, so that's a big, a big part of it is trying to kind of like shift your emotional state. But the, the first thing they say is, uh, according to an article by Psychology Today, um, some steps to manage your emotional triggering, um, accepting responsibility for your actions, realizing that you're being triggered and going, oh, I'm being triggered. Instead of, instead of the mindset of, you can easily shift this mindset. Well, not that easily, but you can become triggered, acknowledge it and not be the victim in that scenario. You don't have to go, oh God, I'm triggered. The world is collapsing around me. Why does the world do this to me? But, but being able to go, okay, I'm being triggered. And like, kind of giving yourself the power of, of realizing that, of being able to acknowledge I'm triggered. I need to figure out how to maneuver this situation to get out of this intense emotion, to get out of, you know, this big reaction. Like kind of trying to make it your choice. Like you can't always, you cannot control being triggered. That's literally why it's called triggering, but you can learn to control how to react to it. Uh, and the biggest thing you can do is, um, like, the biggest first step is kind of trying to identify what, well, I guess that's not true. Let me look at what they say. Identifying it is a, a big part, and that, but that can be, like, harder. The first, um, the first thing you do once you go, like, okay, I'm being triggered. One, one of my firewalls is going off. One of my alarms is going off in my body, you know, whether it's all of a sudden you're breathing deeper or, you know, you're tensing up or like just heavy emotional state. You go to either fear or anger or sad, like you jump. When you go to a sudden emotion from a state of calm or completely different emotion, that's a good indication that you've been triggered. 
That's a very clear indication you've been triggered. So recognizing that and just kind of without judging yourself, without going, oh no, I'm, I'm panicking. Oh my God, I'm pa- you fucking idiot. Why are you sad or whatever? No, no, no judgment. Don't be like, if you feel like the, it, that it's like a panic sensation, don't, don't add to that. Like, don't be afraid of the fact that you feel something that is less than, not less than. That's not a good way to phrase that. And that's why people have panics over uh, what we call negative emotions. But panicking over having an adverse emotion, so not one that you enjoy feeling, exacerbates it. If you can recognize that you're panicking or that you're sad or that you're angry, that is the first step to being able to sort of call that emotion. So, you know, going, oh my God, I'm feeling afraid. Okay, I'm, I'm feeling very overwhelmed. I feel angry or, you know, oh, I feel suddenly very sad. Just being able to kind of put a title on it going, wow, I'm, I feel disrespected. Uh, kind of acknowledging what, you know, I feel this is making me feel worthless or that I'm being abandoned. That can help. Just acknowledging, yep, okay, that is what's going on is a huge, it's, it's, Important because so often we try to bury stuff like that. And then when you get triggered and it goes off, it's like this uh, dichotomy of, you know, two things fighting against each other where your body is like, fight or flight, we're mad, start panicking. And the rest of you is like, be calm, fucking don't be crazy because if you're not calm, people think you're nuts. Acknowledging that you're having an emotion, uh, first step. And then trying to identify what, what triggered it. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's like literally someone said something to you that made you feel unvalued or that you weren't being treated fairly or, you know, uh, that you were being sort of, I don't want to say trapped, but, you know, controlled, like that you, you don't have your own freedom. That's a big trigger for some people, myself included. Um, made you feel crazy, whatever. But made you feel unloved. Um, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes you go, wow, that person said this and that really set me off. Sometimes... There are bigger triggers. Like some, if you have like heavy trauma, sometimes you have stuff deep buried in that all of a sudden you go to a movie like Joker or you're, you know, eating green beans at a roadside steakhouse in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and you smell them and suddenly you start sobbing. Uh, sometimes it takes a little di- deep, uh, digger deep, di- digger deeping, digging deeper. Wow. I can't talk. Talking about triggers trips up my speech. Um, so if you're able to like quickly identify, sometimes you almost have to tuck it away, I think, and just go, we can come back to that. Like, let's really dive into what's going on when I calm down. You know, if it's something where you can't immediately identify, that would be my advice. And I, I'm obviously not a licensed therapist because I didn't want to do the schooling. Um, and I had other dreams, but, uh, that'd be my advice. If it's something that you don't immediately like, why am I reacting like this? Put aside the why. And that that takes work. I think that's the same as, you know, learning to identify your emotions and learning to recognize your breath or when you need to come back to your breath. Meditation helps with that. I've been kind of, uh, I've been really off the wagon with meditation. And I do think had I been meditating regularly when I got triggered recently, I would have been able to calm it a little quicker. Um, so what you want to do, you recognize the emotion, you've been triggered. If you can't identify or you can. If you can't identify what it is, put that to the side and then choose what you would like to feel. You know, you can't just shift your emotion. But if you go, okay, you know, I'm feeling angry and I want to be calm. Let me try to, you make that like 
the intention. You set that intention inside you. Like also be aware. It's like, are, are you actually, is this trigger actually because you're losing like a need? Are you being disrespected or are you overreacting? Cause we all know there's a gray area. It could be both. You could be overreacting because it's triggering a memory of something else, but also, you know, if it's not something that's immediate, can you go away and take a breath and re reevaluate and see if maybe it wasn't that important? Because if you're someone who gets triggered, especially if you've had a lot of trauma, abuse, uh, neglect, abandonment, your brain does set off false triggers. Anyone who's read, um, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. I'm sure I've brought it up before, but it really tells you about how trauma physically changes the brain. Like you're, the connections you have change. So your wiring is mixed up. So sometimes there's going to be things that like pull, pull the fire alarm when there's not a fire. Uh, so it's taking a second to be able to identify that and then go, I don't want to, you know, I don't need to get angry. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be sad. I need to calm down. That's when the really like the breathing comes in. You try to like, you got to, the, the best way, according to everyone I've talked to, which includes uh, a good friend of mine who is a therapist, um, Hollis Silverman, her and her, uh, she was my big sister in my sorority. I spoke with her and her husband, Jacob, and they are both are incredible therapists. He works specifically in the trauma, PTSD world. And um, they were kind of telling me these things and it just sort of like, you know, uh, ran similar to everything I'm reading. But uh, the best thing you can do to slow down the trigger is come back to your body. And that's what I told my boyfriend who wasn't mad that I got triggered, but he was like scared because I was in such a state of panic and he didn't know what to do and he loves me. So he wanted me to be okay. And I think that, that we all have that feeling for someone where it's like, whether you're listening to this and you're someone who's trying to manage your own triggers or you know someone who sometimes has these adverse reactions and you're listening to this, like, is there anything I can do to help them? The best thing you can do is come back to your body. So as someone trying to help someone who's being triggered, deep breaths. If it's okay to touch them, I think that's the thing you need to get permission on. Don't just dive in because you don't know what state they're in, but like, Hey, you know, is it okay if I, you know, give you a hug or do you want to hold my hands? Do you, do you want me to put my hands on your shoulder and reminding them to breathe? Uh, hands on the face too, if, if that's your relationship and they're comfortable with it, but always in the moment ask, because you just never know really what's going on. You, you can assume like if you have your own triggers, you can go, okay, yeah, I, I have these, but you, you can't know how a person's brain is reacting. None of us can. Um, but so offering, you know, you know, can, do you want to hold my hand? Let's take a deep breath. Uh, cause that's the biggest thing, relaxing, breathing in and releasing the tension. So just sort of trying to clear your mind of thoughts, but like, you know, recognizing, okay, let me slow down. Let me do some box breathing is a hugely helpful thing. They do slow inhales and slow exhales, but box breathing is, you know, inhale for at least six seconds and then hold it for six seconds, release slowly for that amount of time, hold it again inhale again and do that as many times as it needs for you to feel calm in your body. And the thing is, it's not in a way breathing is a way to distract from the whatever thought is setting off the alarms. You know, if you focus over to counting your breath, that's then what you're focusing on. So you're no longer spiraling around the thought, but also physiologically changing your breath changes the reactions in your body. So it will release things in your body. It causes your muscles to relax. It's big, deep breaths, force your heart to slow down. 
they they bring more oxygen to your brain so your brain can kind of like you know i don't know if it makes your brain stop racing but like just more oxygen kind of slows everything down uh um you know less oxygen eventually slows everything down to a halt but uh and excuse me by the way for the amount of times i'm saying uh i'm just shifting back and forth to looking at these kind of notes i have which isn't something you know usually i'm reading questions but i'm just speaking off my head otherwise um breathing trying to clear your mind of the thoughts which that's where counting the breaths really comes in helps you stop focusing on the why they say this what's this oh my god i'm so terrified and then centering according to psychology today dropping your awareness to the center of your body just below your navel just really like focusing on trying to like feel your inhale expand your stomach exhale lower it and just sort of releasing if you're doing any clinching and then focus choose a keyword um that I mean I know this is this sounds really woo woo to people who if you're like me grew up in in an area where everyone's just like pull your don't be a pussy you know what I mean that was for so many years self-care to me was like suck it up that's what the like I thought self-care was for luxurious hippie pussies and if you're like that which you might be because I know I wasn't the only one it seems a little woo woo to choose a word uh that represents how you want to feel in this moment uh, like calmness relaxed centered but it really does having those I mean there have been studies done about how repeating something makes it real in your head so just going I am calm you don't have to say it out loud I mean depending on where you are you could but like just in your head take a deep inhale think of that I am calm and then when you exhale just imagine that you're exhaling all the negative emotions just see the See the negativity, leave your body. That's, that is what you're doing. You're bringing in fresh air and letting go of the old air. So releasing the air that was in your body when you were triggered. Um, feet on the ground is a good one for me. Like when I feel very triggered is like actually planting your feet and just, you know, as you are, like I said before, with centering, shifting your focus to your navel, but even going down to your feet and just really being aware of that, you know, the balls of your feet are on the ground. You know, you're feeling all the, those four corner pads, just touching the ground, connecting with the earth. You're okay. Nothing is going wrong. You are safe. For me, I think that would be probably one of the words I would go to if I was breathing in a word and breathing it out because that's what uh, a lot of my triggers have to do with is feeling unsafe because, uh, I don't know, I'm a woman who grew up neglected and abandoned and et cetera, et cetera. Abuse, abuse, yay, yay, yay. Um, so what sort of things can be triggers? I guess I didn't touch on too. I touched on a little, but like it literally could be anything. I said that. I guess I did touch on it. But like there's big ones, you know, like the sexual assault, abuse. But then there can, like I said, there can be little things that uh, it takes you a while to realize even are even are a trigger. Like sometimes it's like such a baseline, small amount of trigger that like you can be feeling anxious and just be like, I guess I'm just having anxiety or there's been times where I'm like, Oh, I think I must've had too much coffee. And it's like, actually I just looked at something that triggered me. Like it reminded me of somewhere else or there was a, a scent. Um, yeah. Giving yourself grace too, to just go, it's okay to be triggered. Cause I think our society, we sort of measure ourselves against this perfectionist standard, A, of what success means, but also like, oh, that if you're anything besides happy, you're being crazy. It's not okay. And it is okay. And it's human. It's very human to get upset. So when you're, when you realize you're triggered, also reaffirming that 
that is okay. Something has alarmed the emotions in your body. And honestly, it's not a bad idea to be grateful to your body once you calm down. Go like, thank you. Even though, you know, if it was a false trigger, you know, like even if it, you know, even though it wasn't right, appreciate your bodies. It's the same as like when your dogs bark when someone comes to the door. It's like sometimes you're like, don't bark at everybody. But also like they're protecting you. Like they're trying to keep you safe. And, you know, they don't always get it right. Your body's not always going to get it right. But like the fact that it shows up is good. It's much better than having no triggers. Because like a lot of times triggers aren't false. A lot of times you get triggered and that's your intuition. And that's what's hard with trauma is because like you want to trust your intuition. But with trauma, you really have to, if, if you know some, you're someone who gets triggered because of trauma, you really have to examine each trigger, which is a bummer that you're like, oh, this extra burden. But because sometimes your body might be going off about something fake, but, but sometimes your body might be nailing it. And so, you know, sometimes your body goes off about a person because they're not a good person or not a good person for you. Um, but you really have to assess and be aware of, did they do something that sets off a trigger based on something else? Or is this a real situation? How can you help? Um, that was the biggest thing for my boyfriend. And that, that broke my heart because I didn't know what to tell him. He just wanted to help me. Uh, he, he just was like, are you okay? He didn't know what to do. And it's hard. And if you're with someone you love and they get like really upset, it's hard to see someone you love really upset. Here's some tips, uh, from a blog. (laughs) So take it for what you will. Everydayfeminism.com, which isn't a site I normally subscribe to. I'm not anti this website. I just feel like I have to tell you that because I don't want you guys giving me more credit about like me paying attention to general culture than I do. But when in the course of Googling articles about triggering, this one seemed to be the most fitting. Uh, I, I liked the advice and it was, it kind of like reiterated things I'd said or read in other places. Um, excuse me, not said only read in other places. I'm not like this one agrees with me. That's the opposite of this podcast. <laughs> this one agrees with what I already think. So I'm going with that one because I want people to know they're like, I'm right. And everyone else is wrong. Um, learning what someone's triggers are obviously, like we said, you're not always going to know and it can come up by surprise, but if you're aware of them, then you can, uh, help them avoid them or ensure that they know or not accidentally trigger them yourself. I'm being a tester. This is like maybe something to do for someone you're really close with a family member, a very close friend, a, a, you know, a partner, but being able to be a tester. So maybe there's a big movie out like, you know, and maybe if I had done my due diligence, here's the thing. If I would have thought I was going to get at all, that there was any chance I would get triggered by a Joker movie, I probably just would never would have seen it. I went in this thing like, yeah, comic book movie. I've been to a ton of them. I'll be fine. I was not. But uh, being willing to maybe like see something before someone to let them know, read a book first and let them know if there's something that's like this actually might really upset you. Uh, or if you just have seen it, obviously like, that's very hard to like be like, oh, let's go to this movie together, but I'll go see it first and then pay, then I'm paying for three tickets or whatever. Or get one of those AMC movie stubs things, which I feel like I should get. Everyone's been talking about them around me. Unrelated. But, you know, letting someone know if they're, you know, oh, I'm thinking about seeing um, the hills have eyes. And then you go, just so you know, I know you uh, get triggered about sexual assault. So uh, that might trigger you. So you should know that before you go, uh, which no one told me about the hills have eyes. And that was the last time I got triggered, which was in 2000, over 10 years ago. Um, Look things up in advance. A thing I didn't do, but now I know to look up 
you know, movies, especially if they've been labeled as dark. I was like, yeah, dark, blah, blah, blah. But like, I guess I kind of went it naively because people are like, it's dark. And I'm like, yeah, well, my whole life has been dark, so I'm sure I can handle it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's like, it's, I can't handle it because my life's been dark. What an ironic turn of events. Um, and like I said, sometimes it's unavoidable, you know? A lot of times, sometimes I think if you work at it, you can learn to reduce triggers to the point that like those things don't trigger you anymore because you just sort of repeated to your brain so often that it is okay. You've gotten in the habit of, you know, because you can shift your pathways because those are what like the neural pathways are what cause reactions. You know, that's where all the like signals are being sent to each other and you can shift the way you think. That's the reason so many people uh, talk about positive mantras or you know like self-worth mantras saying those in the mirror because um it takes a lot of time and repetition because if you have bad self-worth or you have bad habits the longer you do it the deeper that grain that like just that pathway gets in your brain and the deeper it is that just the more ingrained it is but you can create new pathways but you just have to do it over and over so sometimes I think you can get to the point where things that used to trigger you don't and sometimes you can get them to trigger you a lot less. Whereas like, you know, at some point you would have gone into a flashback full panic attack. Maybe you just now your heart starts beating a little bit faster and you have to be like, okay, I'm okay. It's fine. It's the thing that's not actually a thing, but sometimes they're unavoidable. It happens. Here's some things you can do for a friend who has been triggered or has a tendency to get triggered, a friend, loved one, family member, whatever, let them know they can contact you. It's a very simple gesture. Obviously if you're with them, you know, just being like, hey, do you have, uh, do, do you need to talk? I'm here for you. But also letting, if you, if you know someone's prone to getting triggered, you've seen it happen going, hey, you know, just, you just, you know, just so you know, if, if this ever happens again, you can call me and I will help try to calm you down. I'm a resource. You don't have to feel embarrassed. You don't have to feel like you're bothering me because that's a big thing. I think that's with a lot of mental health issues though. That I think it is. Or it's like, in addition to whatever the bad feeling is, you're then like, I'm going to be a burden or I'm going to annoy this person or they're going to think I'm crazy. And so having someone you say, hey, it's okay. I'm here for you. I don't think you're crazy. I understand that some things make your brain have these reactions. And, you know, if you need to know that you have someone who can calm you down or can at least be there for you to support you until you calm yourself down, I can be that person. And you can call me at any hour. And I mean it. Uh, what I will say that's not in this article, don't fucking offer that if you can't do that. If you're going to ignore their phone call or like you're like, oh, they're fucking, what if they're triggered? I don't want to talk to them. Don't offer it because that's shitty. That's shitty. Uh, things, but other things you can do um, while someone's being triggered, the physical close thing, we touched on that. Again, not to trigger you with the touching on, but... Um, yeah just asking permission but then also you just being there for them sometimes someone just if you just sitting next to someone can help them because they just realize they're not alone it helps them come back to reality I'm here with my friend being a shoulder to cry on like literally uh distracting and comforting them um you know let's do something else let's go for a walk let's turn on a comedy movie let's do a a puzzle um sex if it's your partner let's grab a drink um you know if someone is in tune with the fact that they get triggered they may have tools and devices they already know work maybe you know 
I'll just have, and that's the thing. That's a, that's a sticky round too. Cause I'm like, I'll have my cup of hot chocolate for me. I emotionally eat. So it's like, is the triggering comforting me or am I shoveling the feeling down? It's a fine art, but that's, you know, for each person to know for themselves. And also, you know, okay. That's how I feel sometimes with emotions. And I'm like, yes, I'm overwhelmed. This food is bad for me. But like, if I don't shut off this emotion and I don't know, that's, I, I, by the way, full disclosure, I'm still trying to learn other tools. So this whole research has been very helpful to me because I very much use food as my comfort and it's not always healthy. And there are times when I literally go, yes, this is not a food I should be eating, but it's the food that's right here. It's convenient. And if I don't eat something, I'm going to, not be able to stop this emotion and I'm going, I cannot handle it. I don't have the capacity right now to have this feeling keep continuing at this level. That's the thing I do. And that's not a healthy coping mechanism. It's to me, not any different than reaching for a beer. Uh, it's just that one is more socially acceptable. Um, food in, in general. I mean, food relationships are so weird. Cause like you definitely want to eat, but like using food as an emotional device is an issue, but going to grab a bite. It gets you somewhere out of the house. Let's go grab a drink. Let's go. Fine. Let's have some tea, whatever. Uh, toys, maybe cuddly toys. If, if it's a kid, um, and you know, you may not have all these at the ready, but coming up with it, let's just even just get out of here. You know what I mean? Um, and also being like being open to, you know, hearing what they have to say without pressuring them. So going, you know, if you want to talk about it, we can, but you know, why don't we get out of here? Would you rather just kind of do something to take your mind off of it? Because for some people it will help for them to talk and some people, uh, talking about, it's just going to make them spiral around the trigger and make it worse. So other than that, don't be judgmental. And most importantly, uh, if you love someone who gets triggered, don't beat yourself up. If you make a mistake and accidentally trigger that person, obviously if you're doing something shitty or abusive or bad or the intentionally you know would trigger them you're a monster (laughs) um but if you know you brought them a gift and you know the packaging had a photo on it that reminded them of someone who had done something bad to them and you don't know that person and you don't know that and it sets something off you know something like that taking your girlfriend to see a movie and she panics gets triggered that's not your fault uh you're not you're not a bad person because you accidentally triggered someone. If you do, you don't need to feel bad, but just going, you know, that wasn't my intention. And then reutilizing these steps. How can I help you? Um, yeah. I think that's kind of everything I wanted to say. Uh, what are my triggers? I don't know. Uh, being made to feel less than uh, any type of getting yelled at. Anything that reminds, uh, reminds me of uh, any conversations around household cooking and cleaning for some reason. I'm like triggered by kitchens. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I try to wade myself through both of those things, but I definitely have, those are like uphill obstacles because of my own personal past incidents in kitchens, I guess. But, um, there've been smells of food. Like I said, uh, things that remind me of like emotional imbalance or someone who might be emotionally unstable trigger, uh, fears, from my childhood fears of my own, like what I worry about people perceiving my psyche to be, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, some people I asked in the Facebook group, you know, do people have triggers? Uh, someone said different, different music driving by certain places, certain scents. Um, 
bested it forever. Kathy said the smell of smoke ever since she quit smoking really like sets off alarms in her body. Like goes, you know, she just really gets triggered by it. Um, what are your triggers? Uh, l- let me know. Join the Facebook group, by the way. We have a Facebook group. Uh, just look up ignorances, hashtag blessed idiots. That's us. We're all idiots over there. It's a safe space for unspace, unsafe thoughts. So it's not a place to come in and just be like, this is why everyone's wrong. You're a fucking idiot. But like, did you hear something on a podcast you didn't agree with? Do you want to add to it? Do you have thoughts on an identity we haven't covered that you're like, look, I know that this isn't okay, but this thought popped in my mind. Has anyone ever else ever thought that? Am I a bad person for that? Because you're probably not. You just don't understand And our minds are evolved to be curious and want answers. And the reality is, uh, which is not ingrained into our social, um, I don't know, weavings, our normal society. Like, and this is from someone who never stops questioning. And I don't think you should. That's the whole premise of the show. But like, there are going to be things that you never get a clear answer to because there aren't always clear answers. But having discussions, getting to hear other people's viewpoints, it helps you, you know, see a different side, learn a little more. So come on over to the Facebook group. You don't have to be a patron or anything to join. Um, and that's it. That's our episode on triggering. How'd you like the solo podcast? Let me know. Head over to the Facebook group or comment at me, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. What do you think? Should I do more solos? Do you hate this? Do you only want interviews? Are you triggered by this whole podcast? Are you done with me saying the word triggered? Is it now a thing that upsets you. Um, I hope you liked it. I hope it was somehow helpful for you or for a friend. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes, share it with your friends. Cause everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big, big thanks again to, uh, Dustin, John, Jean, Kathy, and Terry, exclusive members of the league of extraordinary idiots on Patreon. I l- genuinely couldn't do this without you guys. Um, I love you so much. You, it's just cool. Like it, it's become a cool community where like, I know, I know the listeners. That's fucking rad. I feel like you guys are my friends, even though you're miles and miles away. And, um, it's cool getting to have these conversations with you and, and even cooler that you, uh, appreciate my bullshit enough to throw a little money my way so I can keep eating, uh, my roommate's curry. Um, <laughs> join the Patreon so I can eat my own curry. Uh, no, it's fine. Obviously. Um, I sound crazy. Shouldn't say that. That's probably a trigger for someone. Anyway, if you want to join the League of Extraordinary Idiots, be, get cool uh, free passes to shows, VIP treatments, postcards from the road, and even more content from me. It's a dollar, by the way, for bonus episodes. One dollar a month, you get bonus episodes. You can suggest, uh, you can ask me juicy shit that I'll say in there. I don't know if I have anything juicy, but like I feel like, what do you really want to know? I don't know what I could tell you that I haven't already said openly on a podcast, but, uh, we do cover different topics. I do deeper interviews with people. I do other interviews. Um, hopefully some more coming up. So head over there, follow at blessed podcast on Twitter. Uh, ignorance is blessed on Instagram. If you want to put some faces to all the voices you hear in my interviews, uh, and please keep in mind, uh, no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. When I do those identity interviews, I am not an expert on triggering. I'm just one person sharing my own experience and ideas to get a peek at how things look from my situated position in the world. If you have additional questions, comments, yeah, want a topic or someone specific to interview, tweet them at me at JMS comedy, message me on Facebook fan page, uh, or the easiest way to do it. The way to almost guarantee I'll see it, that Facebook group for now, it's not too big. So it hasn't gotten out of hand. So I still see the posts. Uh, 
And yeah, I love your suggestions. I will always try to my best to deliver what I can based on those. So keep sending them my way. Keep asking questions. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.